Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Discover the Leader in You. Today's topic how to level the organizational playing field through emotional intelligence. I sure do hope you guys have your hot cocoa, coffee, or you're sitting by the fireplace getting ready to enjoy this show. We have some exciting things in store for you. I'm your co-host, Maruti Carthen, in the studio live with Dr. Jason Carthen. Hey, hey, everybody. Excited to have you on this frigid Saturday afternoon. I tell you what, the snow came in with a vengeance last night, and I think I was shoveling so much, I don't know what to do with myself now. But hey, that's all part of living where we live, and I wouldn't change it. So I have some uh, questions for our listening audience today, you know, really to get us started. What is that one thing that leaders have that sets them apart from managers or that one thing, you know, that really at the end of the day allows leaders to have a good rapport with their followers. Okay, so that was rhetorical. I know you can't answer me because you are tuned in, so you can't really call in right now. But research suggests it's the presence of emotional intelligence or the ability to be cognitively aware of their own personal responses and reactions to outside stimuli in their environment when tasked with relating well to others. So why is that important to leaders? It's important because in order to demonstrate effectiveness as a leader, you must be able to engage your followers and help them to overcome obstacles or barriers to their performance. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Dr. Melvin Smith, who will peel back the curtains and give us a little bit more insight into tenets of emotional intelligence and the benefits that it can provide to not only a leader, but also to their respective organization. So, but before we introduce Dr. Smith, I want to remind everyone that you can call in right to the studio. We are live broadcasting right now. You can give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. You can also tweet your questions to me. I would love to hear from you at Jason Carthen. We had a very interactive show last week, and we're tweeting out to a little, well, it's close to about 4,000 followers, so we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you tweet to us at Jason Carthen. Just want to remind everybody, if you want to take us with you, you can actually download the Jason Carthen app. It's on the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store. We'd love to uh, send you just daily content. It's live. It's coming right into your phone, and you can just stay connected. I also want to remind you that I have a free online video course for you at jasoncarthen.com. I'd love for you to take advantage of that. I tell you what, if you want to grow and develop, this course will allow you to be able to do that. You can register for free right at jasoncarthen.com. Then the last thing is the I Speak Life Academy is coming up quickly. It's on February 20th. How to get booked and paid to speak. Do you want to increase your income by 25 to 40 percent? I think many people would like to do that. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you Dr. Melvin Smith, who is a professor in the Department of Organizational Behavior and also the faculty director of executive education 
Education at the Case Weatherhead School of Management. He received his Ph.D. in Organizational Behavior and Human Resource Management from the University of Pittsburgh's Katz Graduate School of Business. Dr. Smith's research and teaching focus on leadership and emotional intelligence in the workplace, as well as social exchange relationships, social networks, and the development and use of human and social capital in organizations through executive coaching. Now, I'm going to press the pause button because this brother is bad. I mean, he just got all this stuff on this bio. I'm going to give him a second here. And I'm, let me just finish because I know folks probably just like, okay, all right. So, Dr. Smith has provided training and or consulting services to a number of organizations, including Alcoa, Arcella Mittal, uh, American Greetings, Dealer Tire, Eaton, Fifth Third Bank, Kaiser Permanente, and I could just keep going on and on. In addition to his work with U.S. companies, Melvin has worked with executives in Dubai, India, New Zealand, Scotland, and Trinidad. Now, prior to completing his doctoral work at the University of Pittsburgh, Melvin spent over 15 years in a series of sales and marketing and management positions, including uh, working with IBM, Pepsi, and then also Heinz. Dr. Smith, how are you, bad brother? How you uh, doing I'm today? Doing I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, glad to join you this afternoon. Oh, man, we've been looking forward to this, man. I, I tell you what, I thought I was bad. I, I, had to, I had to put a memo in years ago to tell folks to shorten my bio. I, you ain't got to right. tell them everything, but you just, you just all over the place, brother. I'm glad you're doing so well. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm staying a little bit too busy these days, but uh, yeah, you could have read the abbreviated version. You know, it's all about everything. But, uh, <laughs> well, I want to let everybody, busy. I want to let everybody know who they're dealing with today. Uh, so all right, that's that's all part of it. Well, we certainly appreciate having you on the show, and this is something that's very near and dear to me. EQ or emotional intelligence is so profound because, you know, Melvin, when I go into certain places, I think sometimes people forget the value of, and I just, these are my terms, loving, right. loving on their people. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they just kind of <laughs> treat people any kind of way and it can get, it can get interesting. So right. now I want to just kind of set the tempo here. And, and M, I know M, you had something you wanted to share. My very first uh, thought is, you know, this is an exciting topic because we, we all talk about intelligence and our children are taking IQ tests at school yep. and doing different things. And so Melvin, just can you let our listening audience know what is emotional intelligence? Uh, yeah. So, 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 so Dr. Jason gave a, a nice uh, brief definition uh, in the intro to the show, but uh, a definition I often use with, with the groups that I'm working with is that essentially uh, emotional intelligence is the capacity for recognizing our own emotions and those of others, uh, for motivating ourselves, and for managing emotions well, uh, both in ourselves as well as in our relationships. Now, I know that's kind of a mouthful, so when I'm working with groups to say, you know, to break it down, uh, emotional intelligence uh, really represents four kind of key uh, essential things you have to do. Now, one is understanding yourself. Two is effectively managing yourself. Uh, that third component is understanding others. And then finally, the fourth component is managing relationships. Uh, so really, it breaks down to four key things. Understanding yourself and managing yourself, understanding others, and managing relationships. It's really quite that simple. You, oh. you make it sound simple. I think I can't get past number two sometimes. I can right. I can understand myself and manage myself, yeah. but then it's like when you have to kind of be aware of somebody else's uh, right. feelings right. and stuff like that, that's kind of where, where we struggle a little bit. Well, I do it, at least, to being yeah. honest. We all do. 
Yeah, right. So, so, so I, should, I should clarify that. So, so, so it is simple, but what I tell people is it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. right? If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's really quite, you know, um, uh, the, the concepts themselves make a lot of sense, uh, but it doesn't mean that everyone can do them with ease, right? So, so that's what I help people do is, is learn how to do these things effectively. Yeah, that was a nice cleanup, man. You know, I was going to get some emails behind that. <laughs> Simple. Okay. Right. All right. So right. now now when you say you actually help people to do that, and we yeah. may divert here a little bit because this sure. is such a powerful topic. I mean, what are some of the things that you use? Because when I go into organizations, if you, if you go in there and you introduce an idea of change, you know, because mm-hmm. some people don't even want to deal with EQ. They don't want to deal right. with that. They'd rather just... Just keep it dictatorial, do what I say, top-down approach. What do you do to really try and allow this thing to be embraced? I mean, how do you how do you teach yeah, it in a non-threatening yeah. way? Uh, yes, yeah, so, so a number of things. So, so one of the things I do is help share uh, with individuals and or organizations uh, the research. And, and now there is quite a body of research on why emotional intelligence matters. You know, how it affects individual performance, how it affects organizational performance. So I share with them kind of hard data on, you know, when you, when you demonstrate higher levels of emotional intelligence, this is the impact that it has on performance, you know, especially for leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people who are kind of just want kind of those facts or tell me how it affects the bottom line, I give them that data. Uh, and, and that's one way. Another way is I use a lot of examples, including showing video examples of when it's done well, when it's not done well, uh, and, and allowing people to kind of see and feel the difference it makes when someone is demonstrating emotional intelligence versus when they're not. And, and to your point, it's kind of some of the, the ways you demonstrate it is like you described, kind of just loving on your people, kind of showing them that you care. Uh, and as I said, it seems quite simple, but a lot of people don't do it. So I, I show them examples of what it looks like when you do it well and what it looks like when you don't do it so well. And we talk about then the resulting impact. So, 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 so that's the first thing, just making people aware of what is this thing? What difference does it make? What does it look like? What does it feel like? That's kind of the starting point. And then we move further and say, okay, now, wow, how can I begin to do this more effectively? Wow, excellent. That is good stuff. And, I, you know, to our listening audience, I hope that you can kind of get in touch with this. This is not some sort of ethereal thing. I mean, what Dr. Smith is sharing with us today is very tangible. The, the data is there. It's been around for some time now. And just the reality is that if you want to increase productivity, if you want to have a better rapport, you know, with your people, and I think it's it's cross across the board. It's not just leaders, followers, but it's also right. co- colleagues as well. You want to give this just a look, you know. I think it would be a good idea <laughs> to do that. So, so Dr. Smith, we're we're going to transition here in a little bit, but before we do that, I want to ask you. You know, you see all these different buzzwords and some of these other things that are out there taking place in organizations. You know, how does emotional intelligence differ? Because isn't this just? I mean, some people could say this is a passing fad, and, yeah. and some different things could take place. So, what distinguishes EQ from? Some of those other buzzwords and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and people, uh, especially when I first started doing this work, would often challenge me on that and say, why should we jump on this bandwagon? Isn't this just that next thing that's going to kind of come and go? And we've seen many things come and go that you know, organizations get excited about, and then they very quickly figure out, oh, this is no better than the last thing, and it fades away. Uh, well, the one reason why this hasn't faded, and, and it's been you know now decades uh, that we're into this whole um kind of emergence and growth of this concept of emotional intelligence and, and, and being applied in, in, in the workplace and beyond. Uh, the main thing, is, as I said, is the research. Uh, uh, oftentimes, these buzzwords and these fads, they come and 
you know, you get somebody kind of comes up with a nice, cute sounding concept or writes a nice book and, you know, it sounds flashy, it sounds attractive, it gets a lot of attention, but there's really not as much substance behind it as there needs to be to see does it really have staying power. And that's the difference with emotional intelligence. It really started from actually back in the 80s, competency development work to figure out what is it that the most effective performers in the workplace do consistently, you know, better than others. And as they began to investigate that question and tease that out, they began to find that, wow, it's not what we would have expected. These things that people more consistently do, the outstanding performers, the above average performers, tend to fall into this bucket of these softer skills, these things that we're now calling emotional intelligence. Right. Uh, So so again, it's been around because, and, and it's going to continue to grow because there's solid research behind it and people now realize and recognize that it actually works. It makes a difference. Yeah. And you know what, Dr. Smith, that is powerful. And even to your point, if people go back and even look at the literature, I mean, back in the early 1900s, uh, Mary Parker Follett came up with this idea of relationship management and leading and loving people. And she was laughed out of (laughs) organizations. It was horrible. Not only because she was a young lady, but also just because the whole relational aspect, that was really frowned upon with Frederick Taylor and the whole idea of scientific management. But what you just shared is just so powerful in the sense that people, if they truly want to, if they truly want to have the productivity uh, that they desire and they want to improve their bottom line, especially in this volatile economy right now, why wouldn't they give EQ EQ a try? I mean, that's the part that, you know, it's just by being stubborn, (laughs) just staying in the same place. But now, I know we're going to transition in like a minute here, but Em, what are your thoughts on that? I just, I guess my question is, like you said, with the EQs and, and having people, some people don't understand all of that. And so when we come back from break, I mean, we can start now, but I mean, is there a way that you can not be very emotionally intelligent as long as you're smart? Like, because I'm assuming some people would think, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm really smart. So what does emotional intelligence have to do with it? I'm book smart. I'm book savvy, you know. So can you kind of unpack that a little bit for us well and let's do this mc you you just said a mouthful we get ready to transition (laughs) to break but but you know what doc when we come back from break if you can kind of tackle that a little bit my wife you know she's she's talented in that way man she sets you up but (laughs) we're gonna transition (laughs) and we'll be right back hey everybody you are listening to discover the leader in you and dr melvin smith is dropping some knowledge on emotional intelligence stay tuned everybody we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody, to Discover the Leader in You. We are on the, the air live with Dr. Melvin Smith. Sorry, got tongue-tied there. Talking about how to level the organizational playing field through emotional intelligence. And before we went on break, I, I kind of threw the question out there. Can you get away with not being very emotionally intelligent as long as you're really smart? Oof. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great question. I couldn't wait to get back on air here to, uh, to address that one because... Uh, that's probably one of the, the most common myths uh, that's still perpetuated in organizations today. Uh, it was really kind of uh, firmly believed, I think, many years ago. I think people are finally starting to get away from that belief a little bit, uh, but there's still a, a number of people who hold on to that belief. Uh, and the answer is, no, you really can't get away with it, not in the long run. Uh, I don't care how smart you are, 
if you lack emotional intelligence, you're only going to go so far, you're only going to be so effective. Uh, and, and I've seen time after time again in my work now, as well as in my experience when I was you know, in corporations myself for almost 15 years, I saw leader after leader, individual after individual, brilliant, very smart, often fail because they lack emotional intelligence. And often people who've even heard about the concept, uh, as you talked about, Dr. Carson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes kind of put it off and say, no, no, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to embrace that. I'm all about my technical skills, my functional competence, yeah. my raw intelligence. Uh, you know, I'm smart enough that I can get away with not having to do that relational stuff. But the truth of the matter is they say that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. You, you have go. to be able to show people that you care, uh, relate to them in a meaningful way if you're going to be effective in the workplace or beyond the workplace for that matter. Wow, Dr. Smith, that, that is powerful. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you got to give me some more insight when you introduce this sort of thing because people yeah. will take this as a personal affront. They will say, right. my, my entire life I've been told I need to excel, I need to do well in school, mm-hmm. I need to be the smartest person in the room. But now you're telling me I have to relate to people? I mean, how do they, how do they react when you tell them that? How do you soften the blow? Right. Well, one of the things is, and so I, so I sometimes I don't backpedal, but I say, okay, let me clarify this. So I'm not saying that being smart doesn't matter, right? Uh, because we know that it does, you know. So, so being smart also matters. Uh, but the thing is, that it's not enough. And what we suggest is that being smart uh, or being intelligent in terms of kind of technical or functional competence um, that's kind of uh, the threshold level. That, that's just the baseline you have to achieve to even be in the game in certain positions, in certain functions, in certain industries. Uh, but once you reach that baseline, a threshold level of intelligence, now we find through our research that being a little bit smarter than that next person and being a little bit more technically competent than, than that next person is not going to dramatically impact your performance, right, uh, or how successful or effective you're going to be, again, especially in leadership roles. But what we do find is once you've met that threshold level of intelligence or technical competence, being a little bit more emotionally intelligent can make a big difference. Right. So, 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 I, so I don't have people kind of get all worried about the fact that, man, I spent all this time just becoming smart, as smart as I can. Now I'm <laughs> telling me it doesn't matter. It's just about relating to people. Yeah. That's well, so I'm not saying throw out your intelligence, your cognitive intelligence, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's still important. But I'm saying just layer on top of that, that ability to kind of really connect with others in a meaningful way, uh, to show people that you care about them, to respect them, right? To trust them, to, to have them uh, trust you, right? To, just to relate to people uh, in important uh, and impactful ways. Wow. I really like the imagery. When you just say a layer on top of all that, I mean, basically I would say education or smarts yeah. or brilliance, all that stuff is good, you know, but I don't know. I, I got to put this out here. My wife can really cook and she can really <laughs> bake. So when she makes sweet potato pie, you know, every now and then you put a little bit of whipped cream on there and right. that just makes it better. It makes exactly. it more better. I'm just going to be bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got folks laughing at me. I know I'm being bad. But anyway, here's the thing. I like the way you said that because, you know, I think that is a, a game changer for people when they realize I don't have to dummy down anything. I don't have to put right. the cookies on the bottom shelf. I can just be myself. But if I'm more relational, I can bring people along with me. And that's exactly. that's the part that I think people need to remember, too. And I think just even bring it down to different fields in customer service, that's where some people struggle because they know right. they know what they're working with. They know exactly what needs to be done. But that emotional piece is just 
sometimes you kind of look at them like, did I do something to offend you? Because they're not emotionally aware of what's going on. And so that's why I asked the question. Like, it, it really makes sense. Like, you can be as smart as a whistle, but if you don't have that emotional piece, you will only go so far. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's good stuff. So just diverting here a little bit. Now, if I ask you, how was it? Now, you, you've done foreign and domestic consulting, yeah. training, coaching. Tell me a little bit about how EQ would play out in somewhere like Dubai. And, and I think Ooh. our listeners would value this because it's not the same. I mean, I've been overseas. I've done the, the training, the speaking, and it's a, you have to couch things differently. You, know, so, <laughs> you do. You yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so interestingly, there are cultural differences as you go from society to society. Uh, but interestingly enough, when you're talking about this whole notion of EQ or emotional intelligence and being able to relate to people or connect with people, uh, there are certain things that I've found are universal. Um, uh, and so there's, there's one exercise that I do uh, with most groups that I work with. It's the very first thing that I do with, with many groups. And I have them kind of think about someone they worked for, you know, in the past or currently, or someone they even know of, haven't worked for personally or worked with personally, but someone they know of through the media uh, who they think is just an outstanding leader. And I ask them to think about a few words, phrases, or characteristics that come to mind when they think of that person. And they kind of write those down. I have them talk about it in small groups, and we kind of talk about it as a larger group. Uh, then I tell them, someone put that aside for a moment. Now think about someone that you work for that's a pretty lousy leader or someone you've known of or through the media or personally that's a lousy leader and do the same thing. And they do that. Then we compare those two lists. Um, and, and then what I tell them is, I, I do that exercise with almost every group, and literally I've done it hundreds of times. Uh, and it doesn't matter if I'm doing that exercise um, with a group here in the U.S. or in Dubai or in New Zealand or in Trinidad or in Australia. It doesn't matter if I'm doing it with a group of senior-level executives or frontline employees or middle managers. It doesn't matter if I'm doing it with a group of marketing professionals or accountants or physicians or educators. The results are always the same. Not most of the time, not some of the time, not almost always. The results are always the same. And, and the key differences between that great leader and that lousy leader always come down to that distinguishing factor of those great leaders have this thing that we now call this emotional intelligence. People, when they make that list and talk about what made that person a great leader, very, very rarely do you see people say a lot of stuff about, you know, and they're, you know, brilliant, you know, you know, financial, you know, guru or operational excellence or, and, you know, work the heck out of a spreadsheet or that stuff doesn't come up. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that comes up is, you know, made me feel inspired. They engaged me, you know, you know, and it felt like I could, you know, go to them when I needed help. You know, they supported me in my development and growth. All these things that we talk about in emotional intelligence, those are the things that emerge time after time after time. Again, whether it's here in the U.S., whether it's halfway around the world, it doesn't matter. There's some basic fundamental truths about what it means uh, to be a good leader. There's some basic fundamental truths about how we like to be treated as human beings. Yes. And it all comes back to, at the end of the day, uh, this emotional intelligence. Yeah, that is good stuff. Well, and I appreciate you entertaining that thought because our reality is that we can learn from our brothers and sisters on, on a different continent. I mean, I think at right. the end of the day, we all need to realize what you just shared. Hey, there are some just some inherent things that you need to demonstrate as a leader. And, you know, that that part that you shared about someone encouraging you and then also inspiring you. I mean, those are some of the things that you know, you hear about a lot when those leaders, they model the way, they inspire right. you, they challenge you. You know, I know I'm talking about Kuzis and Posner here, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's very closely related. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, but at the end of the day, those are the things that I think we all, and I may get in trouble for this, but I tell people <laughs> all the time, 
that when you put on the mantle of leadership, it's going to be heavy. But mm-hmm. hey, if you've been called to do it, you got to right. walk that thing out. Absolutely. You got to walk that thing out. So. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Right. Guys, let me interject one thing here. Cause you, as you talk about that, putting on that mantle of leadership. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when I'm teaching this uh, to our executive education audiences or even in the degree programs I teach, and uh, I, I talk about this stuff in the context of leadership. But what I tell people is I'm talking about leadership with a small L rather than a capital L, meaning that you don't have to have people working for you uh, to be a leader. So these concepts aren't just for people who, you know, have a staff of eight people or 10 people or an organization of 50 people they're, they're leading. I mean, all of us are leaders in various ways. And if we take on that mantle, to, your, uh, to use your words, uh, so we can lead even if we don't have people reporting to us. And these concepts uh, apply to us as well. Yeah, that is good stuff. I, I really like that. I mean, just the idea that, you know, what you just shared, if people get in touch with that, Dr. Smith, yeah. I mean, every if we lead our children, if we exactly. if we interact, we have a very uh, talkative male person. And this this brother will come to the mail. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this brother will come up to the mailbox and be like, hey. And I'm like, hey, brother, how you doing? You know, and if you can lead and encourage, it allows people to grow and develop right where they are but if you don't maximize those moments of leadership it it can get interesting you can damage people too right you You can you can and the cool part about that is just that even when the children notice like you know oh i'm gonna wait to get the mail because it's the male it's the male person that likes to talk because they're kind of like a little scared and and you have to kind (laughs) of coach them and go no it's okay like because you never know somebody's situation and and we're always watching them when they go to the mailbox as well so it's totally different so it's kind of cool when you can go no they just they just need maybe share a couple words with you you know just encourage them well dr smith we are going to take a quick break but hey be ready when we come back i want people to be able to get in contact with you how do they get involved with you know weatherhead all those different things so we're going to ask you some questions about that okay hey everybody stay tuned you are listening to the leadership linebacker and my beautiful bride m on the discover the leader in you show we will be right back to continue talking about how to level the organizational playing field through emotional intelligence everybody to discover the leader in you we are live with dr melvin smith and again the topic is how to level the organizational playing field through emotional intelligence i don't know about you guys but i'm definitely learning some key points here yeah this is good stuff i mean this is you know to hear it come from someone else and someone who is not only an academic but also someone that's out there doing the work i mean this is this is good stuff because you want to know what's actually working. And just as a reminder, everybody, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, it's not often that you have someone uh, that you can just call in and ask these type of questions to. So we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 1-888-281-1110 or tweet your questions. I've had some interaction on there already. Uh, But just, hey, we'd love to hear from you. And Perfect segue. Dr. Smith, if people wanted to get in contact with you, are you on social media? And I know I'm putting you on front street here. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, so, so I'm on LinkedIn. I, I, I don't do Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but I do do LinkedIn. So if, they, um, if you do a LinkedIn search, you'll find me there. 
most of my uh, presence I do through my work at Case. So uh, uh, at Case, uh, the website is weatherhead.case.edu. Uh, I'm out there. You'll find me. You'll find the work that I'm doing uh, through the school all over the world and and links to how to get in touch with me and as well as our various programs. Yeah, and y'all be careful. I looked him up too, man. He took like this GQ picture on the uh, website. I'm not sure what that was all about. I said, look at this brother. Right. <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> so, now you put me out there. I, I got right. to, man. I got to. I said he turned to the side. He's like, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we go segue and just kind of ask you. Now, now for those those people that are staunch uh, researchers, is there a instrument to measure emotional intelligence or is how would you measure emotional intelligence or how, yeah. how would our people deal with that? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a great question. So, so there are actually a, a few models of emotional intelligence that are actually in play now. So there's not just a single model of what it means to be emotionally intelligent. There are a few models out there with slight differences depending on the model. Uh, and, and, the, and the most reputable models have uh, validated and reliable uh, measurement tools that go with them. Uh, so you can search that. The one that we use uh, uh, at, at Case at the Weatherhead School uh, is available through an organization called the Hay Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people may be familiar with, but they have a, a commercially available validated tool, 72 items. Uh, it's a self-assessment as part of it, but it's also, again, a 360-degree feedback tool. Uh, and that's one thing that I really recommend to people. If you really go, want to try to measure emotional intelligence uh, and do it effectively and in a meaningful way, you need to use uh, in some fashion or some form of a 360-degree feedback assessment, meaning it's not enough just to ask someone to do a self-report and answer all these questions and say whether or not they're, self, they're emotionally uh, intelligent, because a key piece of emotional intelligence, as we talked about, is being self-aware, That's really right. understanding yourself. And if you lack that self-awareness, if you don't truly understand yourself, if you're reporting on how emotionally intelligent you are, you don't know. You don't know that you're not emotionally intelligent if you lack self-awareness. So the only way you're going to really effectively measure that is to ask other people to respond on your behalf. And that's when the light bulb goes off for people because we often use these 360s when we're working with people so they compare how they see themselves with how others see them. And that's when, like, wow, you, sometimes you see tears, you see anger, you see frustration, you often see surprise. But people say, I had no idea. Uh, so, so, again, so there are validated tools. Uh, the one through the Hay Group is the one that I recommend most often. Um, but, yeah, if you want to truly get in touch with this, and uh, try to measure it and, and see kind of where you really are, not only from your perspective, but from the perspective of others on your emotional intelligence. Yeah, and I really like that. And I think at the end of the day, we have to, if we're going to bring this topic up or if we're going to broach this, then it's not fair if we don't give someone <laughs> yeah. a tool to figure right, this exactly. thing out. Because yep. I think one of the worst things that I've, not probably not the worst thing, but sometimes when consultants will go in, you know, they don't close the loop. They don't close right. the feed feedback loop and you just sort of say okay here are some of the challenges we'll help you address it but then we're going to leave and it's like no I mean how can they help themselves later you know I mean that's that's the thing too so and I'm going to get off topic here again but I got to ask you (laughs) from a relationship standpoint how does this sort of thing work I mean if you are we just talk about just couples in a relationship you know I mean is there some value to EQ at that point to be able to engage one another or should I, you know, should I just email Jennifer 
Jennifer? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, maybe no, I need to I'm, email I'm your bride. That, <laughs> you're not allowed to ask. Her okay. Home, Fair but, enough. But I'll, I'll ask her, babe. But, I'll but, ask her on the side. Man, we <laughs> are setting you up here. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but, uh, but but no, that's, that's a great point, and that's uh, that's something that that I really stress in the workshops that I do because in the workshops that I do, when people are coming because their organization sent them or or they're paying money to kind of come learn about this um, so they can be more effective at work. And one of the first things I say is, this goes beyond work. This, this, this emotional intelligence concept, really understanding this, not only helps you be a better leader, a better employee, but, but it, it helps you be a better person. Yes. Uh, and, and, and the light bulb goes off for people when they're in this workshop and they think, oh, man, I can see how this is going to help me with my teenager I'm struggling with. and I've been approaching them the wrong way. Now I have some other ways and pathways I can go about managing that relationship more effectively or to your point, my spouse or, you know, my, 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 you know, often I see, man, we've been having this friction, you know, I see now why that is, you know, maybe if I approach it this way rather than that way, you know, drawing on this emotional intelligence, um, you know, things will be better. Right. But, but again, like I said earlier, it's simple in concept, but not easy. Uh, and when you're talking about applying it in personal relationships, sometimes it can be even more challenging, uh, but again, effective when you can do it. Wow. Dr. Smith, man, thank you so much. I mean, this is, this is good stuff and it, it validates a lot of what my bride and I talk about all the time and mm-hmm. whether we're going into an organization or we're dealing with yeah. even sales, you know, when I go, right. I mean, there's a sales process too, before you get a contract and, and, you know, you have to be able to meet people where they are. So let me ask you this, and this this will be just a dovetail to that question there. But if you are engaging in emotional intelligence, do you have to be selfless in some ways? Hmm. Uh, it, it depends on, on what you're trying to do. You, you have to, again, understand yourself. And, and, and often if, when you get into that relationship management portion of Emotional intelligence really effectively managing relationships with others. Mm-hmm. It does mean sometimes putting yourself second, at least. I don't know if you have to become selfless, uh, but you have to be able and be willing to elevate that other person yes. and their needs, uh, at least momentarily, uh, and put those above yours yep. and make that meaningful connection with them. So. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. the way you just articulated that, that's really kind of where I was leaning. And it's almost mm-hmm. like a, a servant leadership piece. I mean, you exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, even when you said, <clears throat> excuse me, you elevate them even, you know, momentarily or whatever it needs mm-hmm. to be. If if you truly want to get to the heart of, you know, where people are and how you can help them, maybe even right. remove some barriers to performance then it can't be about you. It can't be about that deadline right at that moment exactly, or, or whatever right. it may be. So, right. yeah, it's a great response, man. That was a great yeah. response. So so what about when you're in organizations and you're looking to hire um, these people uh-huh. that carry these special traits? I mean, can you hire for emotional intelligence in organizations? And if so, yeah. what would that look like? Right, yeah, so that, that's a great question. So, And that's one of the things people began to, to ask when they – when they figured out, man, this stuff really does matter. And, you know, it, it does affect performance. So how do we hire people with this coming in the door? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and unfortunately, you can't uh, kind of use this 360-degree feedback tool or measurement tool as kind of a hiring or screening tool. Uh, number one, is it's, it's, it would be too expensive to try to put everyone through that that you were looking to bring in the door. And number two, there are some, sometimes some legal uh, and other challenges around 
what types of things you can have people do before they're even hired. Uh, but the way that we help organizations hire for emotional intelligence uh, is through what we call behavioral interviewing. Uh, and the behavioral interviewing has been around for quite some time, but, but the way that we apply it to emotional intelligence is you decide from this emotional intelligence model, because within this model there are a number of competencies, uh, 18 competencies, by the way, in, in the model that we use, and each competency has specific behaviors. So if you know that we're looking to hire for people with, with these certain competencies, for instance, we want people who are inspirational leaders. We want people who can really, you know, effectively manage conflict. We want people who can, you know, uh, really uh, uh, kind of demonstrate teamwork and collaboration. So if you know what those key things are you're trying to hire for, and the way that you do it through the hiring process is through this behavioral interviewing is instead of just asking a candidate, okay, tell me about your strengths, tell me about your weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know, tell me more about these jobs you've had here on your resume, you ask him very specific questions about, you know, tell me about a time when, you know, you demonstrated, uh, you know, inspirational leadership, you know, and, you know, give me the context and then kind of tell me some of the specifics around that. Uh, and then tell me, tell me about another time when, you know, you had a, a challenge in front of you, you know, people didn't see things the same way, and you had to really manage it kind of a tough, uh, you know, situation and, and really resolve conflict uh, effectively. And you have people tell you those stories about when they did that. Uh, and that's when it's hard to fake that kind of stuff. If people haven't done that or if they don't do that well, you can see right through it in the stories that they tell or don't tell or can't tell. Uh, but when they do tell the story, you say, well, can you tell me about another time maybe when you've done that? If they can begin to offer you, you know, multiple stories about how they've done this and this is how they've done it, then you know, yes, they do have the behaviors, they do have the capability to do these things that we call emotional intelligence that we're trying to hire for. Uh, so that's one way that organizations have found, you know, very effectively to kind of screen for and hire for emotional intelligence uh, as they bring people in through the door. Right. Absolutely. Um, I remember going through interview processes and, and being asked that, you know, tell me in time yeah. when there's a conflict and, and being able to right. answer those. And then even having a very transparent moment with one of my past managers where she had asked me, you know, well, I tried to hire this one girl and she passed, you know, everything with flying colors, but the emotional piece, she just, she's like, what is it about that? And I said, well, some people, I mean, it's not like, you know, and it'll lead me to my next question that I have to ask yeah. you about somebody, whether or not they're born with it or not. But it was like, uh, okay. you can't really... You can't really tell somebody how to behave. It's just something that they have to develop, I guess. Sure. Right, right, well, exactly. And so we'll pick that up when we come back from break. But I tell you what, I mean, this is, it's its a lot deeper than maybe even what we're talking about here because, I mean, we're not even talking about home of origin issues, shutting down yeah, emotions exactly. and right. all these other things. So, but we'll pick that back up when we come back from break. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Leadership Linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen on Discover the Leader in You and my co-host, M. We'll be right back, everybody. Everybody, welcome back to Discover the Leader in You. We are talking about how to level the organizational playing field through emotional intelligence. I'm your co-host, Marty Carthen. And before we go back to the show, just want to share with you guys real quick a little bit of my heart. Um, this year, we are hosting a charity dinner and silent auction. It's taking place March 19th. It's for our nonprofit organization, the Leaders of Tomorrow Initiative. And last night, I spent a wonderful evening with my mentees. Would love for you guys to get an opportunity to come out and meet them. You can uh, contact me for more information at meridi at org or give me a call at 330-425-0962. And I can definitely uh, 
answer any of your questions. But now let's get back to our show and, and continue this talk about emotional intelligence. Well, I tell you what, I don't know, man. I, I may have to get uh, Dr. Smith to get a table. <laughs> all right, I'm sending you the information. <laughs> all right, all right. That would be awesome, man. Well, so with that being said, Dr. Smith, you know, this is pretty much our last segment, and it's kind of crazy okay. because time just – it kind of flies by, especially yeah, when right? it's, it's good content. And at the end of the day, we, we want to make sure that our listeners are really getting the, the crux of what we're sharing. It's called Discover the Leader mm-hmm. in You because we firmly believe that, you know, the point you made earlier, everyone is a leader. It's just right. all about making those right choices and then also just walking in your calling and your purpose so my bride actually asked you or she began to the whole idea of emotional intelligence is it something that you are born with or can you actively develop it at the end of the day yeah yeah, that that is a great question and it links back to that question people have been wrestling with for uh, eons, and that is, you know, the same just around leadership. More broadly speaking, are leaders born or are leaders made? Right. Uh, and actually, I mean, to tell you the truth, some people are born with more of a capacity to engage in these behaviors that we're calling emotional intelligence than others, right? So, mm-hmm. for some people, it just comes naturally to them. Uh, but what we do know through our work is that even if it doesn't come just naturally to you to do these things and do them well. Uh, you can develop your emotional intelligence. Each and every one of the competencies in this model that we use and that we teach can be developed uh, in sustainable ways. Uh, so that's the good news. I mean, yes, so, so maybe you weren't fortunate as fortunate as someone else who, you know, stuff just comes easy to them. Uh, but even if you weren't, if you truly want to develop your emotional intelligence, you can. And we've been very successful over the years in helping people do just that. Yeah, that's good stuff. So there's hope then. I mean, there's, you know, because (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, sometimes you have a leader that, you know, they may not be very emotionally intelligent. They may even just be flat out stiff, man. And it's like, you know, how do I deal with that? How do you how do you engage, you know, someone like that? And, And what does it look like? What can you do if you work for someone like that? Yeah, so 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 that that's 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 it's difficult. If if you work for someone like that, that's probably one of the more challenging situations. I mean, often you'll encounter people in the workforce uh, who lack emotional intelligence. The easiest kind of scenario is for someone who works for you. Uh, then you can use your role as a leader and a manager to kind of help them develop and grow and share with them the, the things they need to hear in terms of how they can become more emotionally intelligent. Uh, so that's probably the easiest scenario. Second easiest scenario um, is. Uh, if, if it's a peer, you know, so you kind of say, hey, like, let, me, let me get your ear and you just want to share some information uh, and help them kind of hear some things maybe that they need to hear uh, to kind of help them understand how they're being received by others and how they can be more emotionally intelligent. Now, when it's your boss, uh, it's a little bit more challenging, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the same things apply. So one of the things is one of the first ways to get someone to become more emotionally intelligent is to be able to provide them with feedback on how they're impacting others. Yeah, oftentimes people, again, who lack emotional intelligence don't even realize or recognize that they lack it because they're not self-aware. And often they're not self-aware because they haven't either received feedback, they haven't been given the feedback, or they haven't been willing to receive it. So the one thing you can do is to try to respectfully and in a politically correct fashion, especially you need to protect your job, to give that feedback and let a person know how they might be more effective in dealing with you and, uh, you know, and managing their 
relationship with you if they came from it, uh, came into that relationship with a different perspective or a different view or a different way of approaching things. Uh, so, so that's a delicate one. So that's a little bit more challenging than others when it's your boss, but you can try to influence that behavior through providing feedback. Uh, and, and through sometimes creatively just sharing with them information on what it means to be more emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Uh, one quick way, and I'll, and I'll let you jump back in, one quick way uh, I recommend to people is if, if you're a little bit afraid about having that conversation is maybe to say, hey, look, I listened to a radio show the other day, you know, um, on emotional intelligence, learn some great things. Maybe you'll find it interesting as well. Hey, here's, here's the podcast <laughs> link. Or, oh, or, yep. or, 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 <laughs> and we'll send you the podcast link. I, I learned something. So, hey, look, you know, right. I read a great article on emotional intelligence the other day. I thought you might find it interesting as well. So, here, so, so that way it kind of subtly kind of sends that message as opposed to you saying, hey, look, you lack this. It's just saying, hey, look, I learned something interesting here. You might be interested as well. That's a good way of putting it because I was just sitting here and I was getting ready to say, well, what if you have that one boss that you just you just can't because you're going to ruffle those feathers and you're going to make it. Then you're going to put a target on your back and and you have all these things. But you're right. And I will send you the uh, link to this podcast show and feel free to share (laughs) with everybody and then have (laughs) them rate it as well so we can get some great feedback. But, But it's so true when you're. When you're working in the field and you have a boss that's telling you, hey, you need to, you know, be nicer to your clients or you need to do this, you need to do that. But you kind of want to hold up a mirror and go, hey, you, you might want to yeah, take a look at the yeah. mirror because we work for <laughs> you and you're not giving us right. what you want to give to others. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so common these days. Yeah, that is that's good stuff right there. Em. I, I think one of the things that we we always have to be conscious of is that, you know, people. People have mortgages. They have jobs. They yeah. have, <laughs> they have <laughs> <Right>? concerns. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, we have to measure this thing out. And it goes back to closing the loop, what I talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean, you just have to be careful because when you when you introduce certain things like these concepts, you know, it, it you know, you got to make sure they have everything that they need to deal because, right. you know, when they go to start navigating and, and they may deal with a boss that's never been open to that type of feedback. They may even feel threatened right. by that type of feedback. I mean, you just have to be careful. So exactly. now in our remaining moments here, you know, let me ask you, what made you even get interested in this sort of mm-hmm. thing, Dr. Smith? I mean, have, have you been studying this for a while or what, uh, what happened? Yeah, actually I have. So, so, so I've been studying emotional intelligence and working with it almost 15 years now, uh, the entire time I've been here uh, in Cleveland in a case uh, at the Weatherhead School. Uh, I was, even in the prior five years before that, I was, and when I was doing my uh, PhD and uh, my dissertation work, I was really focusing on largely speaking relationships and organizations and the quality of those relationships and networks of relationships. So that was kind of my space. I wasn't really dealing with emotional intelligence, but, but I was in that space around workplace relationships. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing that work and I was kind of on the job market looking to see where I was going to start my career from a faculty perspective, like which university I was going to join, I ran across the folks here at Case in the Department of Organizational Behavior. Uh, and, and one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Richard Boyatzis, shared with me, and he's one of the co-developers of this model of emotional intelligence that we use. Uh, he shared with me that model, the work they were doing, and, and I just I saw the connection. He saw the connection. And it was kind of just this, this match that was kind of made in heaven, we felt. So... Um, Immediately upon coming on board, I, I dove in and um, I've been doing that work ever since. And I think I'll, the rest of my uh, professional career, I think I'll be doing this work. Wow, that's great, man. That is great. And, you know, I know EQ is a, a big deal. When I do a lot of the research on the literature, it keeps coming back to case. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things. Um, this is something that I, I 
did not dive in as much as you actually have done. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think is pivotal and crucial to the right, conversation right. of leadership. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, I, I just think that it's amazing how you're able to blend the very practical application along with just the scholarly pursuits that you're doing right now. So that's, that's good stuff. So let me, let me ask you uh, another, yeah, absolutely. You are welcome. Uh, Another question. We're almost out of time, but if there was one thing that you could say emotional intelligence does for leaders and followers as a benefit, what would that one thing be? Doesn't have to be extravagant, but what would that one thing be as a benefit? Uh, I, I think uh, connects you with uh, others in a meaningful way, and it helps you help others be their best and mm. to give their best. Now, uh, that, that's it. <laughs> now, see, that's spoken like a true PhD. That was that was three things. You just you just had to show off, right? Right. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Well, hey, brother, I just want to say we are out of time, but okay. you know, at the end of the day, I really think you know, hearing your voice, having people be able to know that there's someone out there that cares about their personal and emotional development is crucial. And I would encourage our listeners to check out the uh, Weatherhead School of management and look up Dr. Smith. I mean, he's doing some amazing things and I'm sure you're still publishing too, right? Are you still I writing? Am, I okay. am. Yes, I'm Excellent. still very active on that front as well. Yeah, yeah, that part is crucial. So, you know, hey everybody, make sure you look him up, stay connected, and then also as a parting shot, everybody, just want to let you know that uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your being connected to us and continue to follow your destiny on a daily basis. Walk this thing out. We truly appreciate you. Make sure you tune in next week. All right? Take care, everybody. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you.